Cool. Okay, so are we ready? Yeah, let's do um, it. Yep. You have the questions, Bubba? Uh, did you just call me Bubba? Well, yes. You called me G, so we got to come up with something. <laughs> <laughs> right when we hopped on the call this morning, she's like flicking her hair back and putting her headphones in. And I was like, what up, G? And she's like, G? But yeah, yeah, what up, G? And so I'm Bubba now, apparently, because she is G. All right. Yeah, I'd, I'd be down with an extra $1,200 a month. No kidding. So. I'll probably spend it on other subscriptions, you know, like Disney Plus, Hulu, Taco Bell, all that Taco good Bell. stuff. Are go. those business expenses, Nate? I don't know. We're going to have to take a closer look at those ones. Shoebox accounting. I like that. It used to be like, yeah. get a shoebox for when you go out to eat. Get a shoebox for when you do maintenance. <laughs> like so they have a whole stack. And then they'll be like, but now I got to buy more shoes. Well, expense yeah. that because you need the box. It's a business so. expense. Yeah. yeah, it's now a business expense because it's for accounting purposes, right? I'm pretty sure we could maybe figure that out <laughs> uh, you know team movie night for disney plus right like, exactly <laughs> count me exactly. in and having team taco building. bell yeah while having taco bell exactly <laughs> exactly see, see yeah team building there we go uh-huh. welcome to the messy back end of entrepreneurship This is Mark Deal of Podcast Editor Academy and Podcast Guest Academy. We all know that the back end is where most businesses fail. This is the podcast about cleaning up the messy back end so you can save time, make money, and succeed. I felt it myself due to people, processes, and platforms. And now here are your hosts, Sheila J. Logan and Nate Tucker. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you all so much. We have a wonderful show for you today. To become financially free, we have to know our numbers, especially as entrepreneurs. We must learn to be financially literate and understand the fundamental basics of needs versus wants, budgeting, paying yourself first, and the mess of finances. Dave Ramsey once said, I believe that through knowledge and discipline, financial peace is possible for all of us. On our expert segment today, we're going to be speaking with Nelson So. Nelson is a chartered professional accountant and a personal finance coach who helps people pave their way to financial freedom. He's a believer that mindset is everything. He's taken the first step to helping others improve their money mindset by creating the 100-Day Money Mindset Journal, which helps people develop a stronger, more positive money mindset that will unlock their unlimited potential to attract money into their life. Nelson graduated from the University of British Columbia Sauter School of Business. He started his career as an external auditor in public practice, working with publicly traded companies, private small businesses, not-for-profit, and government organizations. And you'll hear real questions and stories from real entrepreneurs with real messy backends. As an added bonus for the messy backend exposed, our expert Nelson will not only share his experience, expertise, and the tools he suggests to get your backend cleaned up, but he will also expose the true story of a business based on the numbers. If you are an entrepreneur with a messy back end and you would like to submit your story or question, give us a call at 801-810-6726 or visit us at themessybackend.com. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of The Messy Back End, brought to you by our digital marketing agency, Lock and Load Marketing where if it tires you out, you can hire it out. We're fast approaching episode 100, so we wanted to take a minute and stop and thank you for being such great listeners. 
seriously, we can't do this without you. Thank you so much for listening and supporting us these last two years. We've loved sharing our expert guests, our stories, our experiences, our embarrassing, messy backends, bloopers with you. We just loved everything about this podcast. And if you love the show as much as we do, we want to hear from you. Leave a review on your favorite podcast platform or email us at hello at themessybackend.com. Who knows? Soon we may just have cool branded swag to give out to our top fans. That's going to be super cool. And don't forget to subscribe to your favorite podcast platform. You can find all of those links at themessybackend.com slash subscribe. So never miss an episode because they're pretty fun. Then check us out on Facebook and YouTube for video episodes. Now on to our expert, Nelson So, for his expert advice. Don't mess your seat, folks. Here we go. So today, we have a messy back-end question submitted by a couple of anonymous listeners. Let's tackle them one by one. So first, what tools do you recommend for tracking finances, and how is the best way to make sure I'm doing it right? Second, do I need a line of credit for my business? And third, should I consider using the SBA for a loan? If not, where do you suggest I get financial help to grow my business? So let's tackle those one at a time. So first, the tool. How do we attract them? How do we make sure we're doing it right? Yeah, awesome. Uh, first of all, Sheila Nate, thanks so much for having us on the call. Um, really, you know, a pleasure to be here and share experience with you guys and, and your listeners. So um, much, much appreciated. Um, I know there's three questions today, so we'll hammer them out one by one. Um, but just hearing those questions I think they all kind of resonate around the same thing um, in terms of corporate finance or even personal finance. For number one, like tools for finances. Um, you know, I like to keep it simple for people who are running like their own personal, like just use a spreadsheet. You don't need any crazy tracking at apps or devices. I mean, there's so many apps these days that the more apps you have, the more confusing it can get, to be honest. Um, I like to tell people, you know, if you can keep it simple and if you can do everything on a spreadsheet, then go for it. For businesses, if you really need to start upping your game, there's you know programs like QuickBooks or Wave Accounting that really can get you to that next level, but you're gonna need an expert who knows how to use those softwares to really get maximum um, potential out of it. But again, it goes back to, I would say, you know using an Excel sheet if you can. Um, and if your business is more complex than that, then maybe upgrade into like a um, QuickBooks or different type of software. We had a bookkeeper on, so we're going for the, don't just stash it in a shoebox, track yes. it somehow at least, right? Yes. I mean, one strategy for, you know, sole proprietors or just, you know, small businesses, it, it is a little bit kind of an old school way, but it works, um, is to have one of those folders that have like different, I guess, uh, sections, so to speak. And then you can throw all your, you know, meals receipts into one section, all your car receipts into one section. And then that way it makes it easier at the end of the year when you hand it over to your accountant, that poor soul who's looking at the receipts and like sorting them through, at least they know, you know, these ones are meals, these are car expenses, these are other tools or whatever it may be, as opposed to here's a shoebox of crumpled up receipts, half of them are wet, half of them are not legible, um, an accountant's nightmare. So please don't do that. So question for you, you know, because right off the bat, you said, hey, I recommend a spreadsheet if you don't have anything else. And then and then you said, you know, you get one of those more complicated softwares, you might need to hire an expert to do that. Um, you probably are a numbers guy, you know, being a, an accountant, those type of things. A lot of people aren't. 
So I know a lot of people, you say, hey, just use Excel, and they open it up, and their eyes gloss over, and they go, I don't know what to do, how to do it. I know that it can be done, and there can be numbers, but do you have a simple way for those that aren't numbers uh, savvy and who aren't financially literate? Do you, do you have a suggestion with using Excel or even just a different way um, to kind of keep track of things? Yeah, um, the, the easiest way is really to just track your income and your expenses. Um, you don't have to get all fancy with, with things. I mean, literally, you can have one section where you just list out all your income that you've earned during the year. Um, mm -hmm. in kind of like a laundry list format or like a grocery list format, whatever you want to call it. Um, it could right. be like, you know, job A, job B, job C, I earned, I don't know, 500 bucks, a thousand bucks, whatever it is, and then just have a total. And then that way throughout the year, you're keeping track of where your money's flowing in and you're not scrambling at the end of the year going, oh shoot, let me grab my bank statements and see where my, you know, what is this hundred dollars relating to? What is this 500 relating to? Like you have a systematic way to track it. And it doesn't have to be every day. Like it could be every week or every month, even um, depending on the frequency of your transactions. And the same thing from an expense side, right? If you have, you know, one credit card that's dedicated to business expenses, I always tell business owners, don't ever use the same credit card for personal and business, because what's going to happen is you're going to, you know, go out for lunch with your family, swipe your credit card. Then you're going to take a business client out for lunch, swipe your credit card, and you're going to see the expenses and go, oh shoot, which one was business, which one was personal? And you're going to spend more time spinning your wheels. So I always say, if you can separate it out, have one card for business, one card for personal, and just have that trigger in your mind. Okay, this is a business expense, use the business card. So that's like, for me, that's a, a good way to sort. And then on the Excel sheet side, totally understand you open the sheet. If you're not versed with Excel, it's like, holy crap, where do I start? It's just blank sheet right. with all these boxes everywhere. I don't know what to do. Um, keep it simple. Like, you know, meals, expenses, list them out. Um, you know, maintenance expenses listed out rent. If you're paying rent for your office space, just list it out every month, whenever you make the payment. Yeah. So basically it's like one step up from the shoebox, right? For those who may not like spreadsheets even, which I could like geek out on spreadsheets, but the way that I actually did mine to figure out which column to put things in for my accountant was I looked at my taxes from the previous year and where he filed everything because they, I don't know about in Canada, but in the United States, they have uh, the form shows you where, what the categories are that they're looking for. I just took those same categories and made columns out of those same categories. So I already knew I was putting it in a column that would benefit my tax accountant. So I didn't have to pay him hourly to figure out which column to put it in. I could do that for him. And I just do it once a month. That's pretty simple. I know Nate actually uses wave. I tried to use QuickBooks for a little while. I'm not well enough first in it. It took more time than it was worth for me. So I'd rather just hire someone else to do that. Yeah. I just take a class in college uh, on QuickBooks and I still don't know it. So yeah, saying that uh, you, you spent some time learning and you couldn't do it. That's absolutely the truth right there. So uh, yeah, listeners don't get discouraged if you try out an app and you're just like, this isn't me because some apps uh, are written for left brain people and some apps are written for right brain people. And so if you're a left brain, yeah, go use something like Excel or QuickBooks. Um, if you're more right brain, go check out Wave or uh, do what Sheila and I always do and just hire it out. You know, make somebody else do your work for you. That's, that's what I say. One yeah, more question totally. for you, Nelson, on the receipts. There's a lot of apps you can get on your phone where you take a picture of your receipt. Mm -hmm. Is that something that's helpful for accountants? Because I know you can download that into a CSV file, which is basically a spreadsheet, and you can hand that over. 
But I also have seen those apps where if you take a picture of the receipt, it only shows part of it. It doesn't show the whole thing. Like what are, what are your kind of thoughts on the, the phone apps for keeping track of receipts? Personally, I love the phone apps and I'm, I'm really strict with all my clients. Like if they're submitting photos that are like crumpled receipts or not legible, I, I shoot it back to them and I say like, Hey, if I can't read it, we can't expense this. So I'm, I'm pretty strict with them, but sometimes like clients, just, they're not tech savvy enough to actually use the functionality because what happens is these expense um, softwares, when you take a photo of the receipt, it asks you what category. And sometimes when they see that, they're like, oh my gosh, like this is so overwhelming. I don't really know. And then they just kind of ignore it. And then it becomes like a half and half, half shoebox, half app. Um, so it's really client dependent. Personally, I love the software because it makes life easier. Like you can literally do the work from anywhere. You don't have to go physically pick up a shoebox. Um, and you can serve clients anywhere, like in the in North America or wherever you're located um, based on you know your ability to just sign in versus, hey, can you mail me? Shoebox accounting. I like that. It used to be like, yeah. get a shoebox for the, when you go out to eat, get a shoebox for when you do maintenance. <laughs> like, so they have a whole stack and then they'll be like, but now I got to buy more shoes. Well, expense yeah. that because you need the box. It's a business so. expense. Yeah. yeah. It's now a business <laughs> expense because it's for accounting purposes, right? It's a yeah tax expense. Yeah. You know, what yeah. was really funny is when the client sent me the shoebox, they were like, what should we do? Like, should we wrap this in like plastic to make sure it's waterproof? Like, should we send it with tracking? I don't want it to get lost because these are our like tax receipts, right? Um, so they went all out. And then the next year I was like, no more shoe boxes. We're, we're moving into like an online platform um, and we're going to, yeah, make it more efficient. So at least very happy scan now. it, right? At least scan it. Exactly. Or And there are apps actually, my daughter has one that you can take a picture of a document and it converts it to a PDF. Yeah. So that's basically like apps, you know, phone scanning with your phone. That would still be 10 steps up from a shoebox. Yeah. And the beauty of having a business credit card is if you literally run everything through the business credit card, you can just send your bank statement to your accountant. Um, and if they need the receipts, then they can just pull the receipts. But at least through the bank statement, they can see what you're charging through um, and hopefully decipher, you know, is it a restaurant? Is it a um, office expense or what is it? Right. Yeah, that makes things a lot easier. Yeah, cool. what's the Thank next you. question, Nate? So the next question says, do I need a line of credit for my business? It's a good question. It, it really depends on the financial um, health of your business, right? If your business is operating at a loss and you need money to cover payroll or, you know, um, rent fees or whatever it is, then it's always good to have a line of credit as almost like an emergency fund. But I always tell business owners before taking out more debt facilities to really look at your expenses because that's where a lot of companies are for lack of a better word bleeding money the worst case i've seen is entrepreneurs come to me and they say hey nelson we killed it this year we 2x our business we knocked it out of the park and then i look at their financials and yeah maybe they went from 500k to a million dollars this year but in net income they actually went lower because they were spending more money to earn more money which to me doesn't really make sense so i always tell business owners when they talk about debt facilities really look at your expenses. You know, are you paying for things that you don't use anymore? Like I had one client who we went through, we audited their expenses and found out they were spending 200 bucks a month on subscriptions that nobody used and nobody even knew the logins to. So we couldn't even cancel it. We had to call in and say, Hey, we have, we think we have an account because you guys are charging us. Can you please cancel it? So that was 25 or 2,400 bucks a year that they were spending that they didn't even know about. 
That's totally a messy backend thing because that's happened to me. And this is one of the reasons why I started flipping businesses is I had this gal contact me once and wanted me to do a sales funnel for her. And I asked her what her logins were. And she says, well, I have this and this and this and this, just choose which one you want to use. And I'm like, okay, so you have four apples. Why do you have four apples? You know what I mean? If I say this, all the same software there, they do all the same thing. So I said, send me, you know, a list of the tools that you're using and I saved her $1,200 a month, a month, because she was overpaying for things that she wasn't using because she was one of those people. And, and a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, you get that SOS, that shiny object syndrome. You think you need to have all of the tools. And so she would just get the tools thinking that would fix her business. The tool doesn't fix your business. It's how you use the tool that fixes your business. And so looking at those, where those expenses are going, like you said, it makes them bleed money. Totally. That's music to my ear, saving 1200 bucks a month. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd be down with an extra $1,200 a month. Okay. So I'll probably spend it on other subscriptions, you know, like Disney <laughs> Plus, Hulu, Taco Bell, all that Taco good Bell. stuff. There Are those go. business expenses, Nate? I don't know. We're going to have to take a closer look at those ones. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we could maybe figure that out. <laughs> uh, you know, team movie night for Disney Plus, right? Like, exactly. <laughs> count me exactly. in. And having team Taco building. Bell. Yeah. While having Taco Bell. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. See, yeah. Team building. There we go. Got it. (laughs) We had a discussion once Nate and I with a a guy who we talked about cash flow and the conversation got us really interested in what is cash flow? How do you understand it? This is kind of a side question from us. When you say the health of the business that reflects in cash flow, right? So if you could actually kind of explain what is cash flow, how do you kind of watch it? You know, when you hear that term, that probably gets you all happy. Like we have positive cash flow. That means what exactly? Totally. I'll explain it more from a personal perspective. I think maybe listeners are, are probably thinking like, what's my own personal cash flow? And, and it's exactly the same thing for business too. But um, when I explain it in personal terms, most, most people can relate to it. Um, just think about how much money you actually bring into your bank account every month and how much money actually goes out of your bank account every month. Because when usually when we spend money, you know, we put on a credit card and we're like, oh, I'll just pay it off in 45 days or whenever it's due, right? But you don't actually see the impact. Okay, January, how much money did I actually bring in net of my taxes and fees and all that kind of stuff? And how much did I actually spend? And when you actually break that down, you might realize that, you know, after I all, you know, my savings, my expenses, my rent, mortgage, whatever, um, I'm actually cash flow neutral and cash flow neutral means that you break even like you don't actually make money that month. So when somebody's cash flow positive, it just means that they bring in more money than they actually spend. And if you're cash flow negative, um, I've had some clients realize like, holy crap, I'm cash flow negative. Like this is terrible. I need to fix it. It's a critical situation. I always tell them like, no, like calm down because understanding that your cash flow negative is a really great thing because then you start looking at how can I earn more money or where can I start saving money? Or am I spending money in areas that I don't need to be spending money? Like maybe I don't need Disney Plus right now. Maybe Netflix is good enough. Something like that, right? And, and it really gets people to critically think about where their money's going. It makes you think about needs versus wants too. 100%, yeah. And I know that's one of your big platforms is teaching needs versus wants. And I know in personal life, that that's really a hard thing to do. But when you geek out like Nate and I, it's really hard in business because we're like, oh my gosh, I want that font. And fonts are like what, seven to $150, right? Anywhere in that range. And so you think, you know, oh, it's only $7. It's kind of like you take your kids to the dollar store and they're like, oh, but it's only a dollar. And when you get up to the front, it's like $50 worth of only a dollar. 
you know, it's the compound effect of all those trips to Taco Bell, you know, that kind of pile up and make you realize that, you know, any positive cash flow we may have had just got eaten at the Disney Plus party. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I, I love that. I love the needs versus wants. It's one of one of the fundamental core principles that I teach everybody. And I always preach it because people forget it, um, especially during like now, like the holiday season. You know, when you think I was talking to a friend, actually, I shared this story on LinkedIn and um, I was just chatting with her about sticking to like a holiday budget. And then we talked about like impulse buying and she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so like, I'm so bad at that. And and then of all the people she decided to confess to me that she had impulse bought a $50, like, I think it's a bathtub tray. Um, so when you're like taking a bath, it's like a tray that goes across your bathtub for you to put your drink and your book and your iPad or whatever on it. And I was like, but you don't actually have a bathtub. Am I right? Oh. And, she, and she's like, I don't have a bathtub, but I bought it because I impulse bought this thing because I wanted it. <laughs> and like, I was just, I, I was speechless. And I was like, listen, like, you can't be doing that because, you know, this is clearly a want. It's not a need. And now you're out 50 bucks. Like, what are you, like, what are you going to do with that thing? Um, so needs versus wants is a, a huge, uh, a huge fundamental topic that a lot of people forget. Yeah. I love that story. Um, just remind her that now she just needs to buy a bathtub. Oh. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm thinking one of those like and remodel the bathroom and <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm thinking one of those like maybe inflatable pools that she can just put in her living room there or something. Go. Lay the <laughs> thing across and just hang out. You there. should get her one for for like Christmas or her birthday whenever it's coming up or whatever, <laughs> and go like fill it up in your house. I love it. <laughs> you know those metal bathtubs they used to have like back in the olden days. You know everybody take a bath in the same day and they put that big metal bathtub in the kitchen. Yeah. Pour hot water in it and get her one of those. It's, yeah. That's probably about the right width. In the in the kitchen too. In the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, in, in the kitchen. Love it. But you know what? Yeah, the, the same thing applies for businesses, right? Like, there's a lot of businesses. Um, I, I work with a couple tech companies, and there's a lot of you know tech companies. They're like younger culture. They want the newest, the coolest, the shiniest things. And mm -hmm. when I go in and look at their financials, I'm asking them like, Do you really need these softwares? Do you really need these? you know, these tools or this, some cases, furniture or iPads or whatever it may be. Um, and then they look at their cash flow situation and they're like, you know what, maybe we don't need this right now. Um, so better decision-making, hopefully save some money. Yeah. Geeks buy tech. They don't buy bathtub trays. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's yeah. what we, I'm like, no, we just bought all new charging cables for, you know, the new iPhone 12. Well, do you have an iPhone 12? No, but that's okay. We got the new charging cables for that. Yeah. So. And it charges two times as fast for the phones we don't have. <laughs> exactly. So I mean, it's, it's ready to rock and roll. Uh, yeah. The third question is really good. It says, should I consider using the SBA for a loan? If not, where do you suggest I get final financial help to grow my business? So for anyone listening, we do actually have people all over the world. We actually have 64 li listeners in Africa, which is totally cool. So I don't know if they have an SBA in Africa um, or Ireland or Russia. We have listeners in Russia, which is really cool. Um, SBA is a United States term for small business association. They probably have those in all of the countries, I'm assuming. That's a good question. Um, I'm going to be completely honest. I had to Google what SBA was because um, I'm from Canada. Um, we don't have that here, but we have something very similar. It's like a government agency that um, I guess provides, I wouldn't say security, but I guess more confidence in uh, lenders. So if you're a business and you need to get a line of credit or a loan or something like that, you go to the SBA or um, any other government agency in your country or uh, state. And maybe there's more like trusted trusted advisors or trusted lenders. I think that's what it is. Um, 
my general advice, again, goes back to kind of like the line of credit question is really assess if you need a loan, because even though the SBA is a great place to go, um, because these lenders are verified, they're trusted, um, and you get you know better rates, you're still paying interest on these loans, you're still paying money that you might not need to pay. So say, for example, your business needs $5,000 to cover rent for the next two months. But really what you can do is look at your expenses. Maybe you can cancel like the car lease because you have a couple of trucks that you're not using, or um, maybe you can get a, a, a delay or not a delay, but like, uh, I guess, yeah, delay on like your rent payments or lease payments for a couple months. If your staff aren't in the office, work with your landlord on some sort of agreement like that um, before going towards getting a loan because a loan with interest is going to bring you deeper into the hole. We, we have a couple of episodes about bootstrapping and our listeners are those people who are in the middle of the, the, hopefully the end of the bootstrapping era, which is where you're funding everything yourself, meaning your children go without so that you can build a business. So they have a future um, into the, the flipping more into this CEO type mentality and range where you actually have, we call it, you know, kind of like big girl business kind of thing. And so a lot of people do end up getting themselves into an awful lot of debt and it will actually run your business to the ground. I don't have any debt for my business. I've bootstrapped the whole thing. I'm like almost 10 years in and it has been super hard not to do that. But at the same time, I don't have to worry about the debt payments every month. So, I mean, if you were to get a loan, let's say, like you said, to do, to pay for rent, you're still going to have to pay rent next month. And now you're also going to be paying for rent for how many, 25 years or how many long it takes you to pay off you know, that $5,000 loan. And I think if a lot of people look at it in terms of what are my options right now, you know, can we just really push and maybe pick up a new client instead as, as opposed to paying for it, you know, every single month. But yeah, the, the SBA here in the United States will help you with loans that help you with the application process, getting your business ready, getting your business plan in place, which if you have a business plan, hopefully you don't need a loan. And they also help with building your business, making connections, networking, all of those other things that can maybe keep you from having to go into debt. And I know that um, other countries do have similar programs and they, and they are government funded. The really cool thing is that they're free to the user. So my person, my connection at the SBA um, is one of my best mentors and I can call him anytime and ask him any question about anything and he's always been one to help me find other ways outside of getting loans. And I know they do that too. They also can help you apply for grants as well, which you don't pay back, right? So yeah, I was just gonna say um, for small businesses or even like just startups, there's a lot of grants out there. I know Canada has a, a whole ton of grants, um, especially like pandemic relief stuff right now that's going on. So really encourage you know small business owners, entrepreneurs, sole proprietors really look for grants because. You know, instead of taking out a loan that you're going to have to repay back, um, there's opportunities to get essentially free money. You just have to apply for it. There's actually a really neat one um, I'll put out to the Canadian listeners. Um, you've probably heard of it already, but the government of Canada is offering a business loan to small businesses that qualify with a portion of it that's forgivable. And I think it started at 10000 that was forgivable, and I think they've upped it to 20000 um, don't quote me on that, but I do remember that the amounts have increased, um, but there are opportunities to get forgivable loans from the government. So please, please check it out. It's it's out there for the taking. You just have to do your research. I think you said the United States has something similar where you can get okay. a loan at 0% interest for a certain amount of time or very low, 1%, 2%, and then part of it is forgivable depending. Am I... Yeah, like if you're using it for yeah. payroll or whatever, there That's are parts right. that are forgivable. 
So yeah, super great. So you heard it, heard it here first, guys. I'm gonna quote. It was Nelson. So he said that it went from ten thousand to twenty thousand. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I always I always love it when people are like, "Don't quote me on that," because I do the same thing, Nelson, all the time. I'm yeah. like, I think that was the number that I remember reading. I'm not the expert, but go look it up. Don't quote me on this. Naturally, my name is in big red letters on a billboard the next day. You know, that yeah. Type of thing. <laughs> So that's what we're going to do. <laughs> Quote, Nelson. So <laughs> love it. Uh, hey, Nelson, I have, you mentioned at one point you were like, okay, look at your, you know, your cash flow, your money coming into your bank account versus the money going out each month. And you said, hey, if you, if you got the same amount coming in as the same amount coming out, that's kind of a, a net income of zero. You know, it's, it's, we've, we've got no more, uh, or I guess a net profit of zero. Um, so with that being said, and I'm pretty sure Canada has similar tax laws and I know you're not, you know, a tax attorney. So another thing, we'll have an asterisk pop up on the screen. This is not legal advice. Uh, but I know that a lot of times we go, okay, we don't want to pay uncle Sam. I'd rather invest the money in my business, you know, grow it or whatever so that we can have kind of, uh, no, no tax liability there. What I'm getting at is when do we decide and say, hey, should we be spending the money on the business and investing and growing, spending it on, say, new iPads at the end of the year? Because, you know, we've got essentially one week left uh, in the, the calendar year here and we go, OK, we've got a couple of maybe a couple thousand left over. I don't want to be taxed on this amount. So let's let's grow it in the business. But at the same time, you know, everything that I've been taught growing up is hey, you need to save money, you need to have money, you need to have this reserve, you know, those type of things. Do you have a, just a general advice, what you what you give to, you know, your clients on where you draw that line between saving, you know, for the rainy day fund, say the rainy day happens in January, you don't want to be stuck without an umbrella uh, in January because you spent it all on new iPads so that you didn't have to pay Uncle Sam. Totally. And I know, I know, I think in Matt's episode, he alluded to this about businesses and individuals that were kind of you know, stuck without a rainy day fund when the pandemic hit mm -hmm. and there was job cuts and all these kind of terrible things that happened. But I think Matt did call it, I believe, the great pandemic. Um, don't don't waste the great pandemic or something like that. Yeah. And I, yeah. I agree with that because I think businesses really need, like where it gets really important from the financial side is to really look at, you know, six to 12 to 18 months ahead. Where, where do you foresee your business? Um, so Nate, I completely agree with you. Like there are opportunities to, hey, let's invest now to save on our taxes. Um, and buy like new equipment or new furniture or whatever. Keep in mind that those types of things like furniture, laptop, they're going to be what's called capital items. So you might not be able to expense the full amount. So if you buy a laptop and it's $3,000, you might be thinking, okay, great. I'm going to expense three grand, but it, because it is capital in nature, you can only take a certain portion of it um, each mm. year over time. Right. So it's not necessarily like the full amount and I'm going to write all my income down to zero and pay no taxes and life's good. It doesn't really work that way. Um, but just from a business planning perspective, I would say, you know what, if your company has plans to hire five new people in February, why not gear up now and, you know, get them set up by the softwares or whatever you need to prepare for them to be hired and, and decrease your tax liability this year. Um, I wouldn't really game it that way because either way you, you spend the money this year or next year in taxes, um, right. it kind of, it kind of nets out. Um, but I think psychologically people don't like to, people would rather keep the money in their pockets now and not pay taxes. Right. Um, 
So I think the net impact over time is, is the same. Um, but you know, if it makes you feel better to pay less taxes, then, then go ahead and, and spend it. Um, but I think it's the most important thing is to have a rainy day fund because you never know what's going to happen um, in your business or in your personal life. And it's always good to be prepared. One of the things that kicked me in the tail with writing off everything was that I went to buy a house last year and I couldn't prove my income because I wrote off too much on taxes. So because I expensed so much, they said, you can't prove that you can make enough to pay. Nate is right. There's a line that you have to consider. Um, if I had realized that I wanted to buy a house last year, then for the three years previous, they said I had to pay more in taxes, basically showing less expenses for those years to prove my income. So instead of buying a condo, which I was looking at a condo, my rent would, or my mortgage payment would have been between six and $700 a month. Instead of being able to do that, because I wrote off too much on taxes, I had to rent for three years, pay more in taxes because I couldn't write off as much. And my rent was $1,500 a month and I had to do that for three years to prove that I could pay the six to $700 which is just insane. So if you are looking at a future of buying a home or it, improving your business or whatever it is that you need, you might need money for in the future, go talk to a professional like Nelson and find out what you need to do for filing taxes now. So that a year or two, three years down the road, you've done it in a way that sure you might be paying a little more taxes, but you're able to buy a home and not, not have to rent. I mean, I could have saved, you know, $700 a month if I had done that. And that that's a lot of money considering how much I would have paid in taxes. And I think that one is more like case by case, but I guess the, from the bank and lenders perspective, they're looking at your tax return and saying, well, if you made a hundred dollars and you spent 95 of it, where is the wiggle room to actually pay the bank back for the money you loaned? Right. right? So um, completely understand both sides and, and there are options too around it, right? There's like the, um, in Canada, we have like a retirement savings plan, which is an RRSP. And I think in the States it's called an IRA um, and there's tax-free or not tax-free, but there's ways to decrease your personal taxes by contributing to your future. You don't always have to write everything off to save tax. Yeah. See, I would have just written off less. I was a single mom and with five kids and I wrote off everything I possibly could because it just made sense for me. Like taxes. Taco Bell and Disney like Taco Plus, Bell and, Plus and, yes. you know, those type of things. <laughs> I would invite Nate to all the parties and we would talk about shop for a certain amount of time. Yep, And of then course. it was a business expense. <laughs> while, while watching Frozen 2, right? Exactly. <laughs> and talking about the business analogies from And that. just to yeah. let it go. Just expenses, let it go. Let, let it go. go. Yes, yes. Let it go. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, Get expenses, back let it go. And income, let it grow. But is there anything that we kind of missed by just using those three? I mean, we have so many questions about finances. Those were the three that we... No, th those were honestly great questions. And especially in a time like this, um, businesses are, you know, the ones that are struggling financially are looking everywhere and anywhere, you know, um, to, to find the, the financial resources. And the one thing I would leave with um, business owners, whether it's a, you know, your sole proprietor or you own a, a, a corporation or whatever it is, um, is to spend within your means. I think that's really, really key. Um, I think a lot of businesses think, hey, you know what, we really grew in 2020. We, you know, grew our sales so we can spend more money. Um, that's called in personal finance, that's called lifestyle creep, where you spend more as you earn more. So for example, you make $50,000 a year, and then you get a promotion, and you start making $65,000 a year. And then when you get that promotion, all of a sudden, your Honda becomes a Mercedes Benz, and the expenses start creeping up, and your one bedroom condo becomes a townhouse. And that's called lifestyle creep. And what happens when people 
um, hit that point in their spending is they realize they, they can't save any money. Um, so that happens in business as well. So my advice to everybody is, you know, spend within your means and just make sure that you're not bleeding cash when you don't need to. Lifestyle creep. I like that. That might be your yeah. quote. No, nobody likes a creep. I mean, no, lifestyle creep in personal finance is probably the worst one. <laughs> I like that a You lot. heard it here first, folks. Don't be a lifestyle creep. Yeah. Nobody likes a creep. Nobody. Don't be a lifestyle creep. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Love it. We appreciate Thanks. it very much. Super helpful information. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks, Nelson. Well, hey, it was a pleasure to be on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm extremely grateful for the opportunity and, and really nice to meet you both. For listening to today's episode of The Messy Backend. We know, we know you can't get enough of us. So have us on your podcast or have us speak at your next event. Visit themessybackend.com slash speaking and send us your event details. It's true. We love speaking. And we also want to thank our sponsor, Yes, Women's Network, where you will find the connections you need to achieve your dreams. Find out more at yeswomensnetwork.com. Also, our advertiser, Podserve FM. We couldn't do it without them. They get your podcast hosted and published quickly and easily. Visit them at podserve.fm slash messy to find out more. And a thank you to our advertiser, Thrivecart. They are the number one shopping cart software that grows your income from existing traffic with high converting checkout pages, upsells, and affiliate campaigns. Watch the video for how simple this cart solution is at themessybackend.com slash cart. Once again, don't miss an episode. Head on over to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe today. That's all we have for today's episode of The Messy Backend. I'm Ella Glasgow, the general contractor of virtual events, founder of Beyond Virtual Events, where we create done-for-you, stress-free virtual events. And I don't know about you, but I'm feeling like my backend is getting clearer with every episode. I can tell you from my experience that keeping a solid eye on our mission to pull up on the greatness in people has been a key to the success of our business. Join us again next week as experts share more customized business advice and tips about all the messy stuff that goes on in the back end of entrepreneurship. Remember, you're not alone. Every business has a messy back end that needs a little attention. Love it. Um, I had something else that I was about to say, and then my mind totally went blank on the two times as fast. Is your window open there behind you? It is not, no. Okay, it looks open. I was like, it's probably making Nate cold just looking at the window. (laughs) We don't have snow yet, but it's still cold. We got like two (laughs) inches last night, but it's gone already. It's already melted. I I had about a foot or two of sunshine yesterday, and it's it's still out there today. I can see (laughs) it right now. I can't believe it. great. Did you have to shovel the sunshine off your driveway or? Yeah, I actually like (laughs) threw my back out doing that. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, it it was a lot of hard work. uh, (laughs) That's too funny. Shoveling sunshine. Just just come down here to Arizona. It's still the wild west down here. We got saloons and all that stuff. So yeah, just come on down and party here until you die. We have been really blessed to have all of you. Well, you're awesome. Thank you so much. We've got the whole team now. So we feel FSQ'd all consulted. We love yeah. all of y'all. We got to come up to Canada and like do a 
team retreat or something. That we would... interviewed Lee and he said, you know, you should have the rest of my team on because they're so much better than me. And then Matt got on and said, my team's better than me. And then Stan got on and said, my team's better than me. And Karen got on and said, my team's better than me. So let's hear it, Nelson. <laughs> hey, you know what? I am the weakest link. I'm going to admit this on camera right now. Um, the one thing you all have in common is the humility, which does make you a really good team. Nate and yeah. I, neither one of us is humble. No, I'm definitely the weakest link. I want to take credit for that. Like my husband was saying, we actually have good chemistry. We feed off each other's harassment. <laughs> <laughs> off each other's harassment. I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> we love to pick on each other. I, I can't do it without you. And you know, um, last night I was talking to, to Vance, my husband, about it. And he's like, you know, I really like Nate. You and Nate have a really good chemistry. Nate really adds to your podcast. And I'm like, thanks, honey. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was like, I wouldn't listen to the podcast if it weren't for Nate. Is that what he's saying? Uh, yes, it's true. Okay. I mean, that's <laughs> fair. That's fair. I wouldn't either.